Drink it in now. Deep left side carry on. Picks up a block. At the five. At the two. At the one to the end zone. Touchdown Detroit Lions. Drink it in now. Get up Stafford throws. It is end zone. Detroit Kool-Aid, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers. I mean, we're back here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast on a Wednesday where we serve it up so everybody out there can drink it in. Drink it in. (laughs) I am excited to be back on the show. I've got Joey from the Believe Podcast Network is back on. I haven't talked to him since the NFL draft. Everybody knows this guy's a Bears honk. He's coming on the Kool-Aid cast, talking Chicago Bears all day. And he had himself quite a draft, as well as my Detroit Lions did. So we'll get into it uh, back and forth. We'll also talk about the Packers and the Vikings as well. We'll do that NFC roundup, as you know we do. So, Joey, it's been a bit, man. It came and went, the NFL draft. How you doing? To quote the band Morrissey, every day is Sunday. <laughs> oh my goodness he's breaking out quotes on me i mean i don't even know what's going to happen when we get to your bears and talk about what they did i mean i told you for weeks and weeks months and months and you came on they needed a quarterback we thought they would clunk it up and do something they made a bold move but i could not be happier as well as detroit kool-aid drinkers could not be happier with what the lions did i mean we'll get to them big bodies you know good value good picks throughout so really excited so hey man let's just not mess around let's get into these teams we'll talk about it we'll give the people the picks give our opinions and and work our way through these teams you ready to go yeah man i'm excited man i mean I think it's fair to say that the Bears and Lions, our arrows are pointing up, and the other two teams in the division are pointing down right now. And I'm I'm elated to be here. So let's get into it. Oh, you gotta love it. Wait, wait, wait to start us off there, Joey. So let's let's get to a team that we think is heading down and down fast, and that's the Green Bay Packers. Now, before we even talk about their draft, I want your take on the smug number twelve. I mean, before we even get into it, was this guy gonna be the quarterback in twenty twenty one and beyond, or is I like to say he gone? As of right now, all the tea leaves right are pointing towards Aaron Rodgers leaving town. I'm not willing to bite on that poop sandwich yet. Exactly. I would love to see him anywhere. I heard like Miami's a beautiful time this year. I thought San Francisco was a great spot. Even New Orleans. But as of right now, I feel like he's still going to be a Packer in 2021. The good news is, though, Derek, is that after this season, there is a 0% chance Aaron Rodgers is in the NFC North, which is perfect in terms of our timeline of our two teams trying to rebuild and trying to get back on top. So, I mean, all the directions are pointing towards eventually in Aaron Rodgers' list, NFC North, and it makes me very, very happy. And I'm also very happy that you you know this better than anyone. We have not been rooting for this guy 
we've been hating on this dude for years and years, and now he's starting to show the national media a little bit more about his personality, the personality that we've known about for a long time, and it feels good to be right. <laughs> oh, man, like like you say, I, I think he has a home in Denver. I mean, a team that has a lot of weapons, which he's always complaining about. I mean, a team that probably has some cap space that can use him. I, I'm here to say it. I said it on a previous show. He's not going to be in with the Cheeseheads. He will be with another squad. I think it will be the Denver Broncos. They're going to use their you know template that they use with Peyton Manning, where they got this quarterback that was on the back half of his career. He had a couple of years left. He goes out out there tries to win a ring but unlike Peyton Manning Mr. Rogers will fall short and I will take great glee and happiness in his failures uh like, like I said the only place he wants to be less than Green Bay is at a family reunion right now hey oh <laughs> <So, laughs> I I don't know I mean I we both think he's going to be gone we both want him gone so you know we'll see what happens but let, let's go ahead and get into their draft I mean you know, everyone's talking about a receiver, talking about, you know, some other skill guys, whatever it may be. They do what they do, which is they went corner. I think they've drafted, you know, four corners in the last, you know, handful of years or so. Eric Stokes out of Georgia, good player, but seemed like kind of a reach at that point. Then they went Josh Myers center from Ohio State. He's going to replace Lindsley there. And then they went Amari Rogers there in the third round at pick 85 overall. Nice little gadget type receiver. A lot of people are comparing him to Randall Cobb. I mean, what do you think about those first three selections for Green Bay? Not a big surprise, right? Pretty much to the script. And another reason why, you know, the very, very smart Aaron Rodgers, who will, when he is on Denver next year, will very smartly get to play Patrick Mahomes in the division twice a year. Very, very smart Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> but I did. Yeah, Eric Stokes, I mean, yeah, they've, they've poured a lot into that position over the last couple of years. Obviously, Kevin King is not really their dude anymore. Moving on from him doesn't really move the needle for me. Not a big surprise that they went in on the offensive line. I mean, they love big dudes that love to eat English muffins and never shower. The, cur- the curious thing, obviously, is Amari Rogers, dude, and that's probably the guy we need to talk about. Not because he's the most talented guy, but you mentioned it very perfectly. He's kind of a Randall Cobb spot receiver replacement type dude. And let's be honest, Green Bay – Aaron Rodgers, the slot receiver, he's probably going to have success. He's probably going to be a guy that our our defense are going to have to account for on Sunday. So that's really the one that sticked out to me. Other than that, you know, pretty ho hum, doesn't move the needle. Of course, they went to the NFC Championship game last year. Does this draft get them closer to the Super Bowl? No, it doesn't. But you know, I'm, I'm curious to get your take. I mean, it just feels kind of boring to me. It doesn't really make them a lot better. Yeah, I didn't love this draft whatsoever. I mean, those top three picks to me are the ones that really stick out because, you know, I, I don't ever mind drafting corners. You you need another guy in, in the middle of your offensive line, and then, you know, they've been begging for these receivers all day. So they're all from big schools. You know, they're, they're quality prospects. And you go down their list, I mean, Royce Newman, I mean, Slayton, a defensive tackle that wasn't on my radar, Jean Charles, who I heard somebody trying to talk up about a good corner he's from app state okay i mean he wasn't really on my radar he's not a guy that i'm craving then they go to their well which is cole van laden just get us another wisconsin offensive lineman yeah that that's really worked out for you well over there and then they went with Kylan Hill late, which to me, really good talent. A lot of people are trying to talk this guy up. Do they forget that they took 
uh, Dylan last year. They already paid Aaron Jones. And now you get a malcontent like Kylan Hill, who's talented, but quit his team, has some issues off the field. I mean, yeah, this is a this is a pretty big miss for me with the Packers draft unless Stokes and Rodgers are absolute impact players and Josh Myers is just going to be a guy that's going to f- settle in on the offensive line, but he's no game changer, I'll tell you that. So, Derek, my question for you is, in terms of Kylan Hill, I don't know I don't know a lot about him. Do you feel like he was drafted in the seventh round because of those off-the-field teammate issues? Like, he's is he a talented guy? Because clearly they need that third dude, right? I mean, you guys brought in Williams, uh, you know, from them in the offseason. You know, did is he like a fifth round talent drafted in the seventh round because he's not a good teammate? Yeah, that's about where I'm at with it. Like, I feel like he was a, a fourth, fifth round type guy. You know, he's a number two on a, on the high end. You know, a number three, four running back probably on the low end. He's got some production, but like I say, just this whole debacle that kind of happened with his teams and his college career and just kind of not knowing where he's at. He's just the flyer, kind of like we'll get to later with the Lions. The Lions took a running back flyer right after him, and if if they wouldn't have taken Kylan Hill, it was a guy that was worth it, I thought, at that point. But um, like I say, it's not, not a big deal. This isn't a draft from the Packers where I'm like, oh, man, they're going to be dominant. Or Like you say, we're goofing on Aaron Rodgers, but – I'm excited to see her. I was a Jordan Love guy. I feel like I like that player and feel like he could be really good. And some of these pieces that we haven't seen yet, like Dylan could be something to deal with, I think, at running back when they give him a chance. Like Aaron Jones is good pretty much every year. So it's not that they don't have players, but I I just feel like, you know, I'm curious to see what Love – does when he gets the ball because I think it's going to happen this year and then the rest of their picks are just ho-hum but also when I say that I'm kind of like like you said Aaron Rodgers is no genius like I the Packers have obviously done something right they got good rosters so I mean over the last few years I haven't hated their drafts but this isn't one that I love after the first couple picks so that's kind of where I'm at with it yeah it doesn't not doesn't scare me I'm not, I, I'm not scared, right? And, and that's good news for the NFC North for if you're not a Packers fan. <laughs> Let's go ahead and do this. Everybody knows on the Kool-Aid cast, we, we got to save my Lions till the last to talk about them. Hang everybody here on the show. Thank you so much for listening. Hit that subscribe button. Uh, give me a follow on Twitter, at Derek Oakry on Twitter. You can find Joey over there on IG at Christo Poyos. <laughs> Uh, you can definitely just find him. He's doing all things Believe Podcast Network videos, talking to everybody under the sun, whether you talk about sports, entertainment, movies, whatever it may be, you can find him out there. So we'll stop talking about the Packers. We'll talk about my Lions last. But before we take our commercial break, Joey, let's go ahead and get to the Chicago Bears. Your squad, you are the, the host of Believe in Bears on the Believe Podcasting Network. We're sitting there in the draft, pick 11, the Chicago Bears jump up, and they jump up to take a guy named Justin Fields. Now, before you comment, I mean, everybody knows my my take on that school from down south that I shall not speak of. They know that my Lions passed on this guy because we already have a QB and feel like that was a better option. I know you're going to go on and on and tell me how great this was, but I also want you to respond to, I don't know, this. Uh, so kind of a, a, a good singer. 
لا لا That's your quarterback, Joey. That's your guy singing, saying that was a six out of ten. We all know that was an absolute zero. Just like I hope he is at the quarterback position for those those Bears. I mean, there you go. Before you can pub him up, I had to knock you down with that clip. I mean, that's that's an all timer right there. Thank God. Cutler, voice of an angel. Don't need it. Don't need them to win American Idol. Just need them to win a football game. And <laughs> hey, dude, like, look, for, for the people that have listened to the past pods when I've been on, and you've been so gracious to have me on several times, and I really appreciate it. You know, we go back, right, and we just talk about the desperation of where our franchise was and Mitch Trubisky and where we were with it all, and we knew we had to make a change. And we were looking at all sorts of options in the offseason. You know, Derek Carr cost a first-round pick. Carson Wentz, two first-round picks. You know, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, three first-round picks. On and on and on. We put ourselves in this position. We, we were kind of the bed that we made ourselves in. And the fact we were able to move up from 20 to 11 for only one first-round pick, he is on a rookie contract, my friend. It is not going to cost a whole lot of money. And look, I don't really know what's going to happen, but I'll tell you something that hasn't happened in Chicago history. We have never had a dude that is 6'3", that can run a 4'4", that can throw the 60-yard deep ball, and the guy that's actually really serious about winning. I don't need a dude, and you're going to you're gonna feel me on this with Dan Campbell. You know, I don't need some dude with, like, we're going to talk about Fields' pedigree. We're going to talk about Ohio State. We're going to talk about all this stuff. But, like, I just like the dude. Like, he doesn't smile. He just works. Super intelligent. He's ready to put in the work, and there's a pretty darn good chance that he's probably going to be one of the best quarterbacks in Chicago Bears history, which is not saying a lot, but it is definitely saying something. And I will tell you that no matter what happens as of today, when we're talking in May right now, the Bears fan base is energized, rejuvenated. We are so excited for the season, and we are so excited that the Andy Dalton experiment is going to be the shortest experiment you are ever going to watch in my life, my friend. And so... And in that regard, in that regard, we feel pretty darn good about Justin. Well, Joey, when you come on the show, I mean, you know, I gotta, I gotta give you some grief, but it's all in good fun because, like, when I'm sitting there watching the draft, I mean, when they traded up, you knew this was where they were going. I told a lot of people, I do think it's a good selection. I think the value was good. I think the trade that they made was. You know, like you said, a reasonable deal to get up in and get this type of player. It doesn't matter what else you do at other positions if they did not have a dynamic signal caller at quarterback. And like you say, I'm curious to see how he will be, you know, when it comes to some of his drawbacks, whether it be the processing or just like you say, he's in Chicago. He seems kind of like a Chicago type of guy. Got a little bit of swagger, got a little bit of a, you know, I wouldn't call it a chip on his shoulder. It's almost like a. You know, and entitlement's the wrong word, but I feel like he's going to business, right? He just feels like a dude that's just there to do business. And I will tell you, Derek, I did think about you when we traded up to 11, because don't think for one second as a Bears fan who was so scarred with Ryan Pace, I did not think that that was going to be Mac Jones at 11. And I was terrified out of my mind. You have no idea. I was so happy that we just picked not like the right dude, but we just didn't pick Mac Jones. We didn't trade up for Mac Jones. I was so happy. 
Exactly. No, that, like you say, I couldn't see that happening with this kind of kid on the board. And, and like you say, you, you should be excited as a fan base. Um, I think they, you know, again, I'm not a big fan of trading up, but for a quarterback, I'm fine with it. Now, they did back that up and trade up for Tevin Jenkins, who was a, a first-round type talent. He fell to 39. They went up and got him as well. You guys need offensive line help. So they really addressed some needs off the bat with two kind of top quality football players at good value. I mean, Tevin Jenkins a little bit older at 23 years old already, but nasty mentality. So we'll see if that works out for you as well. Herbert, the uh, running back that they took there in, uh, what's that, round five, all the way down at 217. I kind of like what he has as a backup to Montgomery. Um, Daz Newsom was a decent value pick late. I mean, any other things you want to educate me on? Because I felt overall, you know, those first couple picks were fine. Then obviously they had to wait for a long time. But if those top two work out for you, that's really going to help your team. Um, yeah, just a couple of nuggets real quick. You know, one, I'm curious to, we're going to get to the Lions a little bit later, man. But it is funny where I just sort of feel like, and I feel like the Lions might be in the same boat, where for whatever reason, the draft kind of worked out in our favor. This year, like, and just from previous years, I mean, the Chicago Bears are the franchise that had Aaron Donald get drafted one selection before them. You know what I'm saying? Like, they had Quentin Nelson taken one selection before them. You know, the, this, the cards never really fell in our way, and I felt like for the first time ever, the draft kind of worked out in our favor. The one guy that you didn't mention, I do like Khalil Herbert and Daz Newsom. We'll see what they bring to the table. I, I, I talked to a lot of people in Chicago. A lot of people are really into Thomas Graham. Now, we got Thomas Graham, I believe, in like the sixth round. He's a cornerback. He was a three-year starter who obviously opted out of last year. He's got a couple issues here and there, but everyone across the board says this is more than a six round six talent. And that was kind of an area we had to address because we had to let Kyle Fuller go because our cap situation's all messed up. So if we can get any value out of a round six cornerback, Thomas Graham, and if he can get on the field and contribute at all next year, that is a huge success, and that is a big-time pick. That's probably the only other one out of, the, out of the, the bunch that you mentioned. Kevin Jenkins is just rad because you spend all these months looking at these mock drafts, and all this mock draft season, we just read Tevin Jenkins to the Bears at 20. We get Justin Fields, and we get Tevin Jenkins. It sort of feels like we get two first-round picks in one year. It, it feels pretty good. Yeah, there you go. That's a good point. Like, I had him going to the Raiders a lot. I was kind of surprised he slid. But, you know, I think you're really going to have to not only keep your eye on those top two and see how they really, really produce, but then you're not picking around five, six, seven. So you're going to have to see or maybe get some production from those late guys. You really can't leave a draft with two players. You need to have that handful of guys that contribute. So, you know, it's one I'll keep my eye on, but everybody left the draft just giving the Bears high grades just because of that quarterback. Did you have any expectations or even thoughts heading in that this could be a possibility or that you might walk away from day one of the NFL draft with Justin Fields? My expectations were the worst possible expectations you can imagine, Derek. Uh, <laughs> Come on. Was, no, no, no. It was like, I, 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 it wasn't that I thought that we weren't going to go for a quarterback. I was kind of hoping that we were going to be boring and just stay at 20 and take Tevin Jenkins. And then, you know, just kind of, you know, just kind of roll the ball out with Andy Dalton for a year, maybe see where we're at and then kind of go back into it next year. I was terrified that we were going to move up to four and we were going to trade X, Y, Z, D, F, K for whoever was there at four. Now, could that have been Justin Fields? Sure. Could that could have also been Trey Lance? I was just worried that we were going to give up so much because we were so desperate. 
the narrative out there all offseason long and very justified was that the Bears were the most desperate team for a quarterback in the NFL. So, hey, let's take advantage of the Bears. And that was my fear going in. And I'm just really glad that once they got to double digits, we talked about it when we were doing our mock draft. If they got to double digits, all of a sudden that price became very reasonable. They were able to get up there. You know, they had to pay a little bit for it. But, I mean, dude, like if I have a quarterback, Justin Fields, for the next five or six years, I can at the very least wrap my head around taking me to playoff games. I'm a happy man, right? Yep, him him with the the pass protector as well is, is a nice little combo and, and nice value. So we'll see how it works out for your squad. I, I'm going to have to send you some Chicago Kool-Aid so you can be a little more positive about your team and not go in with these uh, worries and, 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 and have the dark clouds. you, you got to be excited about what your team did. We will get to my Lions here in a bit. Joey, you know what we might have to do? I don't, I don't know if we'll be able to do this Friday. I, I think – I. We are hopefully going to be able to get you back Friday, huh? I know that we're trying to work some things out. We both got real busy schedules, but the hope is maybe to get you back on the Friday show. Oh, I'm in, man. I'm in. I'm I'm super excited, and I almost feel like that Friday show will give us an opportunity to dive in a little bit deeper about why Hall of Famer Justin Fields is going to be <laughs> the, the king of the North, uh, the king of the North for the next decade. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, I, I'm excited to come back Friday, man. I think we got a lot to talk about because it, it's super funny. The lions and the bears, as I mentioned before, are two teams to kind of keep an eye on. I know the next team that we're going to talk about the Vikings is like, uh, you know, looking at the back of the fridge, a, a loaf of bread and you go, <laughs> Oh crap, that loaf of bread's got mold on it. I never ate it. You know what I mean? Like that sort of feels like the Vikings are. And, uh, we're not in that boat. It feels good. Definitely does, man. Like you say, we'll see what we can pull together Friday. I always love talking football with you. And because you're so hype about Justin Fields and his singing, we might have to put him under the microscope. Maybe put him in a little Kool-Aid court or something. <laughs> might have to just get out. We'll see what we come up with. No no promises, but you might want to tune in Friday. You never know what you might get here. Kool-Aid court. I can't wait. Uh, to be in the first installment of that. That is, that is can't miss. That is can't miss. I can't wait to find that. All right, Joey. Well, let's go ahead and do this, man. Let's take a break, get our sponsors in here. When we come back, we're talking about those moldy bread Minnesota Vikings as well as the ferocious, hungry, and overlooked Detroit Lions on the back half of the show. Everybody, we'll be right back. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers, I am fired up. I am excited to tell you about one of our new great sponsors. Now, by now, most of you have probably heard of Reality Sports Online, the powerful fantasy sports platform where owners get to build and manage their fantasy team like a real NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? I mean, it's time to go see what the buzz in the Dynasty fantasy community is all about. Free agency, multi-year contracts, rookie drafts, multi-team trades, franchise tags, contract extensions, first-round rookie options, and so much more. 
think it sounds complicated? It's not. The best thing about Reality Sports Online Fantasy Front Office is that it doesn't take any more time than a standard league. It just requires more strategy. Do you think you're among the fantasy elite? Well, this is the platform to test your mettle. Still not sure? You can test your general manager skills for free in a mock free agency auction. So here's what I need all you guys to do. Head over to Reality Sports Online. You'll hear me talk about it on the show and call it RSO. Head over to Reality Sports Online and check them out right now. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers, we're back from the break. Thank you so much for listening to our sponsors. Go check out realitysportsonline.com, the greatest fantasy platform you'll ever find if you love fantasy football. And uh, like I say, it's just so fun to have Joey from the Believe Podcast Network. That's spelled B-L-E-A-V. Joey, tell them where they can check you out, all the different content you're putting out there before we get into Vikings and Lions on the back half of the show. Well, I am more than happy to be a member of the Believe Podcast Network. I got two shows, Believe in Betting Chicago, which pretty much covers everything from Chicago sports, gambling angles, movies, entertainment. I've got a, I've got a, a wellness, a life wellness person coming on next week to talk about uh, just some mental health issues, which is great. And then I have Believe in Bears, which focuses mostly just on the Chicago Bears and the football and surrounding uh, issues around the NFL. Check out both of those shows if you go to BelievePodcastNetwork.com or, as you mentioned, with IG, Christopoulos, C-H-R-I-S-T-O-P-O-L-L-O-S. Christ, Christopoulos, back to you, Jared. Incredible IG handle. I say it every time he's on. Just just go go check him out on all these different platforms. See the great content he's putting out. But the, there is some content that's not so good, and that's the Minnesota Vikings who we got to talk about right here. Now, yeah, they, they got a gift with Christian Darrisaw just falling to them at 23. And they, they took a flyer on a quarterback, which I told you might happen. I didn't know if it'd be early. They go ahead and take Kellen Mond, so everybody knows that Captain Kirk is on a short leash now. I mean, Chase Sherrod, he's an okay linebacker. Now, now that I look at it, I mean, the Vikings did what the Vikings have been doing. I continue to scroll, and they just have pick after pick after pick and players that I love when it comes to Wyatt Davis I love, Patrick Jones I was a fan of, Bynum the corner out of Cal I liked. You go all the way down to my guy Jalen Twyman from Pittsburgh who they got at pick 199. I mean, the Vikings have, I don't even know how many, they're in the double digits as they always are with 10 to 12, sometimes 15 picks. It's absolutely crazy. I actually do love this draft and especially the Kellen Mond pick. He was kind of like my next level quarterback that I would have waited, but if I get at a good value, they got him at 66. I mean, that's about where he was going to go but gosh everybody in the north is retooling quarterbacks could you imagine golf love fields and mont in 2022 
pretty incredible. And it, it was funny, you know, I had a very, um, very famous uh, journalist, Chicago journalist on George Offman, and he works for, he works for everyone. He works for like 670 the score, all this other stuff throughout the years. And I asked him the question, is it possible that the NFC North has all new quarterbacks next year, minus Kirk Cousins, and we're pretty damn close, right? And here's my thing is, I, I do like the Derisaw pick, and I want to get your take on Mond because I like Mond a lot too as well, and, and I want to hear more about why you believe that to be so. But the thing with the Vikings thing that really struck me is this draft sort of feels like a, they were making picks to sort of fix past mistakes that have already happened. And look, I think this team is on the verge of a major transition, right? Like this could be Zimmer's last season. This could be Kirk Cousins' last season. They've had to overhaul the defense because they couldn't afford to pay everyone, which is why you see a guy like Shiraki pick their linebacker. But look like the, the offensive line, they had to fix that, so they went in and had to do that. The quarterback, Kirk Cousins, had been taking them to the promised land, even though they've given him buku bucks. They had to go in and do that. The linebackers, the guy that, you know, replaces the Anthony Bars and the guys they weren't able to keep in. So it just sort of feels like a draft to sort of make up for past mistakes. I don't know how this makes the Vikings a whole lot better. And, you know, I do like Kellen Mondelot, but does he see the field next season? I kind of have my doubts. I'm not very impressed by this draft. I don't think the Vikings are that much better. And, again, with the caveat, if Aaron Rodgers leaves the division this year, not on the Packers week one, I don't think the Vikings are the dead-on favor for the division. Do you? I certainly don't see it that way. And if they are, they're very, very beatable. So, again, I'm just not very impressed by this draft. What is it about Ke- Kellen Mond that you like a whole lot? Because he was a dude that intrigued me through this draft process, and I was kind of looking at quarterbacks, too. I kind of like Kellen Mond. Well, like, like you say, we we, we got to get to my Lions, and I, I plan to sort of bag on Minnesota, but the more I look at this draft, I mean, I, I may love this draft, Joey, to be honest. Like, Darisaw's 21, Kellen Mond, 21 years old, young guys, right? Mond's a guy that can do it with his arm and his legs, which I always look for in today's game. I'm not trying to get the old Mac Jones pocket passer. You know, the game is evolving, so I think they were right there. And then they do what I like to do a lot, like take care of some impact positions, a tackle and a quarterback early, knowing that you can get linebackers, guards, wide receivers, you know, other corner, other positions as the board falls down and that's exactly what they did and they also did what I love which is big schools I mean we're talking those top guys we're talking about that school down south we're talking uh, about Florida State I mean uh, some of these top programs I think that you know like you say if some of these late round picks work out I think they're adding depth very quietly with these low cost type players and like I say I I'm not trying to give the division to anybody because I think my Lions are going to maybe be a lot sneakier than a lot of people are giving them credit for you're obviously high on your Bears and everybody just hands it to the cheeseheads but I think it might be a muddy mix here in the NFC North and I just want to see how it plays out but I I do like what the Vikings did and I do like some of their their ballers, which we all know, or Dalvin Cook when he actually plays, Jefferson, you know, and some of their other skill guys. So I, I think they're going to be a, a good team, and I do like this draft. Yeah, in terms of Kellen Mond, I just like the dude. I like the way that he set himself kind of in the pocket. Um, he reminds me a little bit of a Dak Prescott guy. I also read that, you know, he dealt with a lot of issues where not everything was clean and easy. You know what I mean? Some of these quarterbacks, you know, let's be very fair like I think some of the things with like Justin Fields is like 
with all the easy throws that he had, Mac Jones, all the weapons that he had around him to throw to, I think Kellen Mond, you know, had to kind of like really work a little bit, and I respect that a whole lot. And obviously, I don't think he's going to be a big factor, you know, this year, but maybe next year, you know, could be a changing of the guard a little bit. And, you know, I, I'm just kind of curious to see what it's like. And speaking of curious, man, I'm just dying to hear what you think about this Lions draft. Because um, can I just say real quick before you get into it, shame on Dan Campbell. Shame on him. He drafted some of the most unpronounceable names uh, on the planet Earth. Um, I, I can't pronounce any of these guys' names. I mean, I, I, I just got to do better about it. But shame on the Lions. I mean, how am I supposed to know these guys? I mean, help me out with this, Derek. Do you want to know what Dan Campbell has to say about names that are pronounceable, that are easy, like Smith or Johnson? You want to know what he has to say about those? Do you want yeah, to know? Yeah, bring it. <laughs> You've had enough of that <laughs> He's had enough of those simple four-letter names. He's got a four-letter word for you of his own. You've had enough of that shit. Exactly, Dan Campbell. All right, let's get into this Dan freaking Campbell. I'm sorry. That's his government, everybody. That's what his Social Security says. All right, so when we're looking at this Lions draft, here's here's what you hit on earlier, which I totally agree on. I was waiting to hear to talk about it. The Lions couldn't have had this fall any better. Like, Penne Sewell wasn't even talked about in Detroit till maybe a couple weeks before the draft because nobody thought he'd be there. Why? Because he's pretty much the consensus number two player on everybody's board, and he's the only number two because a quarterback was up top. This guy, he's young. He's been dominant. He's a good kid. He came from a coach's family. He's from a big family of, of big boys and football players like – I just don't see anything I don't like about this guy. And I really went in thinking that there's no way he makes it to seven. So as the board kept falling, I'm kind of like, I got excited after Cincy took Chase, even though I love Chase at Cincy. I'm thinking like, don't, like you said, don't do it again. Don't take this kid right before me. And when they said Jalen Waddle, I mean, you think Brad Holmes was excited when he almost suplexed somebody through a table, hugging and going crazy. That's about what I was here at the old DTO scouting office. I was so fired up. I was just like hoping that they would say the name when they said that's a slam dunk pick. It's a premier position. Uh, I just think he's going to be a dominant player. Could be gold jacket. Don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but really love the player. And, and let me help you out with some of these names. At 41, defensive tackle Levi Onzerike. Now, was he on my top of my radar? No, but he was basically number two defensive tackle on pretty much everybody's board. I've already dubbed him. I guess this is a little bit of work in progress with this nickname. But I think I'm going to go with Big Denim. You know what I'm saying? For Levi. I think that's what we're going with for the big fella. And then what they do, they double dip. <laughs> they double dip at 72 with Aleem McNeil. He's about 330 pounds. He's an outfielder in baseball. I mean, he he's just a freak athlete. He's a big bowling ball that can move. I love that. Again, not a player that was totally top my list. I would have went with uh, some other players but the more I think about it three big bodies to start this draft and then you go get a guy let me help you with this one Ify Melifonwu uh, 6'2 215 pounds athletic corner you can never have enough corners have you heard me say that before they follow that up with St. Brown the wide receiver from USC great slot player then they trade up (laughs) they trade up for Derek Barnes a 21 year old 
beast that can play the middle. He can play the middle linebacker. He's wearing number 55. You can also drop him down and have him come off the edge. He played a year or two at, at edge as well. Great kid future leader and captain of the Lions and then the Lions sat pat like your Chicago Bears for a round or two and then they said screw it give me Jamar Jefferson the running back out of Oregon State really good value at that point I like that guy as a fantasy football sleeper I love him as 3-4 type running back for the Detroit Lions so really like what they did I like kind of how it was big bigs up front filled it in later with guys that they needed and premier type positions I'm looking at all these guys ages 20, 20, 21, 21, 21, 23 for Big Denim's the oldest guy on here. So like you say, these guys come together. They'll be here for a long time. And gosh, I, I just loved it. Got A pluses across the board. I mean, you could tell I'm fired up. And uh, so are the Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers. I mean, we didn't even need a big glass of Honolulu Blue flavored. But if you're going to serve it up, we'll have another one. Drink it in. Uh... What'd you think? Hey man, it's kind of cool, right? Picking up the phone and scrolling through the stuff and seeing that your team actually got good grades on this draft stuff. I tell you, it's a little, it's a little different for me. And look, I, I, I'm on, I'm on board with what you guys did. And there's two schools of thought, right? Where the first one is, you know, let's be honest, you guys could have drafted Justin Fields, right? Now, there's two things on it. One, obviously, you got Goff under a bunch of money, and you believe in Goff, and you're going to give it a shot. I think either way, like, unless like Justin, and I don't think this is going to happen, but unless Justin Fields becomes Patrick Mahomes or better than Patrick Mahomes, chances are the Lions probably made the right choice because what are you guys trying to do, right? You're trying to rebuild this thing and actually do it with a foundation that isn't going to cave in in on you guys after a couple seasons. And that's what bad teams do. You know, as a baseball analogy, you know, you don't go out – if your team sucks, you don't go out and you buy the best starting pitcher on the market, right? That's kind of the last piece. You have to go through and you have to find, as you mentioned, Panay Sewell, left tackle for the next 10 years. Wow, that'd be kind of nice. A couple maybe run stuffers, maybe a rotational cornerback, maybe an Amon Ross St. Brown who, you know, might not blow up the world, but, you know, maybe there is a future where him, Quintez, Cephas, and maybe another piece when you actually are ready to spend money on that. You can bring a guy in, and now you've got a pretty decent collection. I think they're going about it the right way. They're not trying to turbocharge the rebuild, right? You know, there's going to be growing pains, but I think you guys are going to get a chance to really enjoy watching some of these guys. And in terms of also Jared Goff, you know, getting that left tackle and getting some help for him to make his job easier is going to be so paramount to his success because he cannot do it by himself. He is not that type of player. He can be successful in the system, but he just can't do it on his own. He needs help. You guys are trying to give him that. And, you know, maybe it'll set you guys up for a position to maybe have a little success this year and maybe speed up the process heading into the year after. Well, like I do most times when you're on, I got to help the Bears fan out a little bit. Penny Sewell. Because our offensive line is so dominant at multiple positions, uh, he will be playing the right side, which is awesome because Taylor Decker's there on the left, Penn A on the right. You have a. Uh, Recently ranked number two overall center in football by Pro Football Focus. His name is Frank Ragnow. We also have a kid named Jonah Jackson, who we took in round three last year, who's penciled in at left guard. And we have multiple options over there at right guard, whether it be Hal Viatai, Stenberg, a couple other big bodies that we can play over there. So, Joey, I'm here to tell you, like, the biggest thing that has Lions fans pumped, and I've been talking about a lot of my shows 
is that we there's always been a lot of talk. Oh, a good offensive line, a good defense would be exciting. I'm here to tell you when you got like four guys that are all basically in their early to mid twenties, and they've three or have already basically produced or, or will produce, um, and you got this young kid coming in. It's exciting for pass protection, run game. I mean, Penne seems fine to play the right side for now. If anything ever happens to your left tackle, you have a total guy that could just flip over to that side. And if Taylor Decker falls off a little bit, maybe there's a transition plan. But like you say, he's a left tackle that doesn't even have to play there and and can play the other side. So that's just another reason why I'm so excited about it as well as like you say, getting receivers, corners, linebackers, big bodies in the middle of our defense. I feel like we went from a horrible defense to now you look at our front. We probably got about eight guys up there that are going to be a handful, I think, to deal with. Whereas before it was, what, one, two maybe that you kind of had to worry about. Now I think we can roll some people through there. This is a new scheme, too, where it's like go get the quarterback instead of just stand there. So Aline McNeil, I think you'll see a lot of penetration from the big fella. I think uh, Big Denim is going to be a guy you can kick outside, he can move inside. He's He just loves football and loves to mess people up. I didn't want to use the explicative that he used in his um, introductory presser multiple times, uh, but he, he, he likes to mess people up. He likes to get his bleep handled, you know what I'm saying, and seems like a really good personality as well. So not only were these guys good values, good positions, good uh, potential, but they all love football. They all seem like great guys. They're young, as I said. Just so many things to like about it. And now, like I often say, now go out and do it. You know, same with Jared Goff. Hey, they put their faith in you. They gave you an offensive line. You have a few nice uh, skill players to use. Now when they kick the ball off on Sunday, you got to go out there, protect the ball, make plays. And if he does that... I don't see why this Lions team can't sneak up on some people and, and get some W's and have that nice foundation of big fellas and skill guys that you look for. My extensive thoughts on Jared Goff probably maybe need to be reserved for the Friday pod, but I will tell you that <laughs> circle on your calendars right now, Bears and Lions fans, because, dude, Panay Sewell versus Khalil Mack is going to be a matchup that you are all going to want to watch. I think that's interesting and intriguing. And I will tell you that from a different system, Goff's coming from the Rams system. Khalil Mack eats Jared Goff's lunch. He orders his dinner for him. And when the dinner arrives at Jared Goff's table, Khalil Mack then eats the dinner right in front of Jared Goff. He owns him in every sort of sense of the way. So I think that's going to be a really interesting match heading into next year. And, um, you know, young talent versus stud defensive end let's get it i think it'll be really cool <laughs> oh joey the promo the hype man that's why i love having him on the show i i get a few cheap shots on his team and then he comes back strong at the end but i think mr sewell mr decker mr Ragnow, mr jackson and company will be more than ready for this one player that you think is going to wreck our team and and jared goff's about ready to just dime all over the field against chicago and others and everybody is sleeping on them. So, Joey, we've ran through the NFC North. We talked about those other teams. We got to talk about our teams. Had some fun. I think, I mean, I got you coming back. I Do you want me to play the singing again? Or should we just go to, hopefully, the Friday show? And maybe we put Fields under the microscope and figure out if this guy is really what he, you think he is. And maybe I will explain 
why he's a guy the Lions passed on at number seven. How about we go ahead and possibly do that on Friday. We'll talk more football, more Lions. I'm sure you'll sneak some Bears talk in there throughout, as you often do. But I thought this was a good roundup. It was good to talk to you about the draft and talk about all the different teams because it's important what our teams do, but it's also important what the other teams do and how we stack up. So I think we we gave the people some good things to think about, and and I served up some of that Detroit Kool-Aid like I like to do here on the show. Yeah, man, super great time. Uh, thanks again so much for having me. And listeners, yeah, you better come back Friday because, you know, I'm putting, uh, I think we're putting our case together to go to Kool-Aid Court. And there's going to be a settlement um, as we get forensic and we put uh, both, I think, maybe Goff and Justin Fields under the microscope. And uh, it might only be May, but I think me and you right now might be in midseason form in terms of talking crap about each other's quarterbacks. So I'm ready to rock and roll. Joey, we might have to get the truth on Friday. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! (laughs) We'll see if you can handle it on Friday right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Take care, everybody. We're out. Drink it in, man.